Surely it is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. How many of you come to serve a dead God this morning? How many of you come to serve a living God this morning? I don't know about your God, but I know my God's alive. I see Him every day. Maybe not face to face, but I see the evidence of Him every day. Nobody can prove to me, nobody can convince me that there is not a God this morning. I've seen too much evidence and the results of the evidence that He is just... There's a lot of gods out there today that people yes, serving. Hey, man? Yes, a lot of gods that people are serving out there. Well, you say, what are you talking about? A lot of God. Anything you desire yep. more than you desire God, oh, yeah. and anything you worship or druther to be more into it with than God, then that's your God. We can make anything out of a God. We can think more of a $5 bill than of God, and that's become our God. I've heard people quote so many scriptures, you know, and so many times I've heard them quote them wrong, and they said, well, you know, uh, 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 the rich can't get to heaven. The Bible don't say that at all. Don't say that at all. The reason people can't get to heaven is because they're not saved. <laughs> because they're not saved. That's just simple. Hey, man. You can go to heaven if you're a billionaire. If you've had the blood put under the cross. You can go to heaven if you don't have a penny in your pocket. Money's got nothing to do with whether you go to heaven or not. But what has got to do with whether you go to heaven or not if you've been saved and born again? You can't get to heaven if you've not been born again. Just like Nicodemus over there, you know, I believe it's John chapter 3, is it not? And he came to Jesus and what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus got to telling him these things, you know. And he was thinking on it as a physical way to get there. But Jesus told him, said, you must be born again. Must be born again. And you remember what Nicodemus said? He said, Lord, he said, you mean I've got to re-enter into my mother's womb and be born a second time? He didn't understand being born of the Spirit. There you go, brother. There's a lot of people today don't understand about this second birth. Oh, yeah, brother. But you've got to have a second birth. Amen. There you go. That's it, brother. They didn't understand, you know, and the wind bloweth as the brother's talking a while ago, and, and, and uh, people say, uh, uh, you know, how do you know there's a God? Because I... See the evidence of the God. Yeah. I see the evidence. Anybody ever see the evidence that there's a God? Amen. Had a man to tell me, one day, how do you know there's a God? I said, well, you see that tree up there? The locust tree there at work. And yeah, I'm not blind. I see it. I see. You see them leaves blowing around the back and forth? Yeah, I see them. I said, what do you think making them blow? He said, well, the wind is. I said, how do you know it's the wind? You don't see the wind, do you? Well, no, I don't see the wind, but I know that's what's making it blow. Well, I don't see God either, but I know that He comes by sometimes uh, and puffs on me, uh, and I know it when He does. Hey, man. 
I believe it's time the church today stands up, stands out, and starts giving God praise. Amen. I believe that. Sometimes if you want to know what's going on in the world today and about people today, you've got to go back over into the old book, the Old Testament, and you've got to see what happened back then. And a lot of people say, well, we don't preach out of that or we don't teach out of that. Uh, I'm going to tell you the Bible says uh, the Old Testament uh, is a schoolmaster for the new. So we need to go back sometimes and we need, you know, we can learn a lot about history. Hey, man, we can learn a lot about Bible history. I was sitting there the other day, Brother Larry, uh, and I was sitting there and and I began to pray and I began to meditate and I began to say, God, where would you have me to share your word this week? And I began to look and look and look. And I went back over into the Old Testament and I began to read in different places and I came to this scripture that I'm about to share with you this morning and I read that a number of times and I see that what is really happening in the churches today with God's people has happened before thousands of years ago. You say, well, what are you talking about? We're living in another century. We're living in another world. Oh, it's the same world. It's just a different bunch of people. Hey, man. If you have your Bible, stand with me this morning. And and I'm going to share with you just a little while. Out of the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Chapter 24, that'll be the last chapter, I believe, in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. When you found it, hold your Bible up. If you haven't found it, hold your Bible up. Some don't have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, let me know after church and we'll see about getting you one. And Joshua, and I'm going to read here and then I may back up a little bit before I go forward. Sometimes we've got to put things in reverse before we know where we're going forward. And Joshua, chapter 24 and verse 11, let me start there. He said, And ye went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, the Petrosites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and so on and so forth. And verse 12, it said, And I sent, listen to this, I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites. But not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land, listen to what listen to what he said. <coughs> and I have given you a land for which ye did not labor. And cities, not city, but cities which ye built not. 
He said, and you dwell in them, or you live in them. Of the vineyards and olive yards, which ye planted not, do you eat. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. One more verse. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Brother Ricky, ask the blessing on this word. Most gracious, loving Heavenly Father, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to be in your house this morning, Father. Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you take this word, Father, that's been read this morning, Lord. Father, just to give our brother, Father, the word, Lord, that we ought Help to us, Lord, Lord, this morning. Father, I pray, Lord God, for the church this morning. Father, I pray for our <coughs> this morning, Lord God, because, Lord, you know, Lord, that we need it this morning, Father. Father, I pray, dear God, Lord, that the anointing just fall here this morning. Hallelujah. Give him the word, Father. Hallelujah, God, Lord. Pour it on us this God, morning, Lord. Pour it on me this be morning. With us. And, Father, we done felt your spirit here this morning, dear God. And, Father, we know, Lord God, that the, it, it, you'll, you'll have the right word for us, to, for us all to hear this morning, dear God. And, Father, we praise you this morning. We pray all this this morning in your holy and most precious name. Amen. amen and amen. You know, I, how many done felt the Spirit of the Lord here this morning? I've heard talk about last Sunday morning, last Sunday night, what good services we had and how God moved and some was saved and some rededicated and this and that and some was healed and, and all that. And surely God was here last Sunday morning, last Sunday night, Brother Larry, in a mighty way. And so that ought to encourage us to understand that God is here every service. And in order for Him to move, we've got to move. Amen. We've got to make the first move this morning. Yes, sir. Amen? Amen? You say, what do you mean you've got to make the first move this morning? You've got to open up your hearts, amen, and you've, got to, and you've got to be obedient to God before God is going to come in and do anything. Now, God, this book is full. This book is full right here of blessings. How many agrees with that? It's full of blessings. And that's what we like is the blessings. But let me say this. It's also full of curses. Amen. It's full of blessings and it's full of curses. Now, if we're going to be blessed... We're going to have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to have to get out of the flesh and we're going to have to get into the Spirit. That's what Jesus told the woman at the well over in John chapter 4. Jesus he said, we worship in this mountain. Jesus said, there's coming a time you won't worship in this mountain or anywhere else. It's coming a time and it is now that if you worship God, you will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. We can't worship God, brother, in the flesh. We may... The flesh has got a lot to do with it of the obedience of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
We're living in a time today, and uh, just like I read here, and let me back up here, let me read this. And it said, and you went over Jordan and came into Jericho. You remember that they was on the side of the Jordan. You go back and you begin to read back in Joshua there in Exodus, uh, and you will see this led up to the children of Israel. Uh, hey man, and how they'd been obedient uh, from the time that, that they had God had sent Moses down there uh, to lead them out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people today uh, is still in a spiritual bondage. Hey man, Amen. boy, y'all awful quiet this morning. They're in a spiritual bondage this morning. You say, what are you talking about, Brother Alf? I'm talking about they're in a spiritual bondage this morning. Uh, they won't just let the Lord come into their hearts this morning uh, and allow Him to minister to them. Amen. Uh, uh, we go to church sometimes uh, uh, looking for a good feeling. Amen. Uh, we don't really concerned about what the Word of God says. Uh, as long as I can go to church and get a good feeling this morning, uh, and in any way that I can get a good feeling, uh, my friend, let me tell you, we don't walk the feelings this morning. Uh, we walk the faith this morning. Uh, if it went by feelings this morning, uh, Brother Eddie, I wouldn't be standing here because I did not feel like uh, coming to the church, to the house of God. Uh, is anybody with me this morning? Did you come because you really feel good this morning? I had a lady sit back there this morning, Sister Velvagin, and I looked back there and I said, there's Sister Velvagin here this morning. That woman's been through a lot. Been through a lot. And I could look at her and I could tell that she didn't really feel like being here. And I went back there and I was talking to her. And she said, I got up this morning and she said, I want to come to church. It said the devil began to work on me. Has the devil worked on anybody this morning? Try to get you not to come to church. Well, thank God that he didn't get by with it like he didn't get by with well. Thank God he didn't get by with you here. So let me say to those out there who are being listed on the radio internet and watching on the Facebook, the devil has talked a lot of you out of being in the house of God somewhere this morning. Say, preacher, I don't like that. I'm sitting here watching that. Come on, do a better job. Make me feel good. I'm going to make you feel as miserable as I can uh, if you let the devil beat you out of coming to the house of God. Uh, well, I can stay at home. Uh, I can have my coffee, eat my donuts, uh, and I don't have to get ready and go to church. Uh, no, you don't have to, uh, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you're going to miss out on a blessing. I bet you there'll be shortage on Facebook from now on out this service. <laughs> no, I'll rephrase that. They may try to shut it off, but God ain't going to let you. Amen. 
It's time, church, that Christians act like Christians. It's time using this excuse of this pandemic uh, of staying out of God's house. Uh, That's been going on since January. We didn't shut down uh, uh, here until the middle of March or whatever. Uh, I'm not saying it's not out there. It is. I'm not saying it's not real. Uh, It is. But when people uh, let the devil tell them, uh, you'd better not go to church. Uh, You're going to get that virus in church. Uh, But still, you see them at Walmart. Uh, You see families gathering together uh, with cookouts. I'm one of them. Uh, I'll admit I'm one of them. Uh, But then you talk to them about coming to church. I'm afraid to go to church. I'm afraid I'll get that virus. If you are serving that kind of a God, then you don't need it. Amen. Come on, brother. I'm glad that I'm saved this morning. I'm glad I'm saved, Brother Mark. I'm glad I've been bought with a prize. I'm glad I've been been justified, been saved, been sanctified, set apart from the world. Because if I wasn't some of these people out there, I'm telling you, I'd far down on them. Amen. If you ain't afraid to go to Walmart, you ain't afraid to go out and par- birthday parties and this and that, uh, then if you say you're afraid to go to church, afraid in God's house, you're going to get the virus. Uh, there's something wrong with you and your salvation. Amen. That's the bottom line of it. You say, well... I'm afraid somebody won't have a mask on. Well, I'm afraid that I won't have room to stay six foot apart. Well, I'm going to fix that problem right now. If you're afraid of that, there's all kinds of room up here. I won't be in 12, 15 foot of you. We've got speakers in the back back here. Girl, them had them put in. Back in the classroom, back there, or back in my office, you can use my office. They, they, they're in the nursery, and use them speakers, and Daryl can turn it up, and you can hear it all up here in front. We'll seat about a hundred people. Uh, social distance, if you want to, up and down the hall. So don't give me that. Uh, that I'm afraid I'll have to sit too close to somebody. Don't give me that. I'm not going to accept it. And it doesn't matter who I accept it or not, God's not going to accept it. What did the Bible say here? It said, And you went over Jordan and came into Jericho, and all these people tried to stop you, all the Armorites, all the Jebusites, and all these big tough armies, but God said they didn't stop you, God said, I fought the battle for you. I sent a hornet. I didn't have to use a spear. I didn't have to use swords. I sent a hornet before you to wipe them out and to run them out. Now hang on to that. What God done for them? 
And he said in verse 13, he said, And I have given you, I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyard and olive yard, which ye planted not, do you eat. But verse 14 is a key verse. Uh, now therefore fear the Lord uh, and serve Him uh, in sincerity uh, and in truth. Uh, does anybody know what that word sincerity uh, means this morning? It means to serve Him with all of your heart. Put Him first in your life. That's what the Bible said. That's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And He said, I'll add all of these other things unto you. Amen, Amen. We sang that song this morning and sometimes we sit there like the dead lice is falling off from us. Uh, and the old saying says, uh, we sit there, thank you God, uh, for thank you Lord for your blessings on me. Thank you Lord, I've got a roof over my head. Thank you Lord, I've got... Shoes on my feet and so on and so forth. Food's on my table. Thank you, Lord, for my family. <laughs> you ain't a bit more thankful than nothing when you sing it that way. Jesus is alive, church. And He's not going to come into a dead church. He's alive, and He said, because I'm alive, you need to be alive, and we need to come to His house and lift up our voices and praise God. And if anybody says, I can't come there, you're too loud. You act like a bunch of Pentecostals, then you don't have to come. So you people makes me nervous at Bloomington Chapel makes me nervous. You scare me. Maybe you need to be scared a little bit. If going to hell, if going to hell won't scare you, then I'm afraid you're going to have to find out for yourself. Hell is a terrible place. Hell is real. Some of you sitting there now, boy, Brother Ralph, he is on the roll. He's been preaching on love now for about a month here. He's been preaching about love, love, love. Some of you know this is coming, didn't you? Some of you knew it was coming. I wasn't pointing at you, sis. I was pointing at them and watching. <laughs> Somebody sent them out there a tweet saying, the preacher's talking to you sitting out here. <laughs> preacher's talking to you you laying on the couch. Preacher's talking to you, sitting at the table, drinking your coffee. When the day's the day of the Lord. The day's the day of the Lord. Look what he said. He said, I have given you land for which you did not labor in cities, which you did not build. And you dwell, you live in them in vineyards and crops of all kinds of olive yard, which you planted not, do you eat? Is anybody hearing what he said? These were Israel's people that had been in bondage for years and years in Egypt, Johnny, under Pharaoh. Uh, they were slaves, in other words. And you know how they got there? Uh, because they 
turned their back on God uh, and they were obedient unto God. That's how they got there. That's where the church is at today. Uh, that's why many of them are sitting empty. That's why many of them doors is It's because they have forsaken the Lord. Hey man, Mark, they've turned their back on God. I've heard people say, well, God ain't done nothing for me. You ever hear anybody say that? How many of you people say, well, God ain't never done nothing for me? Some of you ain't never heard it. Well, where in the world have you been? Well, what's God ever done for me? Oh, what's God ever done for me? Look at my neighbor up there. They driving a new car. Look at my neighbor. They live in a house. Nice home. I told a young boy once when I was ministering down in jail, he was fretting about it. Well, that people right over there, and I knew the people lived in the house out there on 55. I knew who they lived. I knew the man and woman both worked, and they worked hard. They worked and they worked hard. And here this boy was in there for drugs and drug dealing. It's been years ago. And Ricky, he was sitting there, and I said, and I was talking about people being blessed. Well, I ain't blessed. Uh, what's God ever done for me? That house right over there, I was out there sweeping the sidewalks the other day. And boy, look at them two people over there. That man woman over there lives over there. They got two nice cars over there. Uh, uh, they've got a nice little house. Uh, and look at me, I'm out here sweeping the sidewalk in front of their house. Uh, uh, that life ain't fair. God just ain't fair. Uh, I looked at him and I said, let me tell you something, young man. Uh, I don't care to tell somebody if you notice. I said, let me tell you something, young man. I said, I know them two people live over that man and woman. Uh, they work and they work hard for what they've got. Uh, they don't work and spend it in drugs and shooting up on drugs and everything. Uh, they work every day and they work hard. Uh, and if you would quit spending your money and get you a job, uh, a real job, and quit spending your money on drugs and alcohol and in jails, I said, you could have one of them too. I said, don't come here and give me that bull crap. I, I said, uh, that God don't do nothing for you. I said you ought to be a thanking God. He's still letting you live, hey man, and giving you another change. What's the matter with people today? What's the matter with people today? I'm going to let you know here just in a little bit, so don't go to sleep. Is anybody with sleep yet? He said, I've given you land I've laid, which you did not work for. He said, I've given you vineyards, olive yards, cities. I've given you cities to live in. I've took everything from the heathen and give to you. In verse 14, he said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in what? In sincerity and in truth. Sincerity. Boy, I hit that word and I got to thinking and I got to looking around. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, here this morning, and those of you listed out there on Facebook and the internet or wherever you're getting it at, let me tell you something. Now, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm hitting hit sedge here. We need to serve him in sincerity and in truth. Uh, I'm not going to ask you. God's wanting to ask you to ask yourself, uh, how sincere are you uh, about serving me? 
How sincere are you about the work of God? How sincere are you about getting out and visiting the lost? Uh, how, how sincere are you about going out and sharing the gospel uh, outside these walls with others? Uh, how sincere are you? Uh, Johnny asked a question this morning. John, how many raised their hand uh, that they invited somebody to church? Uh, one person uh, in this church here. Uh, so that tells me... Uh, if some of these people that don't come to church uh, watch it on Facebook and all, we need to get a hold of them. Uh, we need to invite them to come in uh, instead of watching on Facebook uh, where there's a live audience at. Hey, man. Oh, it's getting quieter all the time. Y'all stand, we'll be dismissed. <laughs> Sincerity. We take so many other things more sincere than we do God. Amen, Paul. We take so many other things more sincere than we do our own lives and our own salvation. We take more things, sometimes we take some things more sincere than we do about our children and our grandchildren. We take things, some things, material things, whatever you want to put out there, more sincere. We take our jobs more sincere than we do our families. What do you possess today Worth more than your children. Parents, what, what do you possess today worth more than your children? I finally got a nothing out of some people over here. Parents, what are you showing and more sincere and showing And anything then you are talking to your children about Jesus Christ. You know, church, moms, dads, let me tell you something. Grandpas, grandmas, you're going to be held accountable to a certain extent for how you're bringing your children up. I'll guarantee you there's more people down here at this lake today, this beautiful morning, throwing out a hook in there to catch a fish, or drinking and partying, than they are in the churches today. I've talked to people, I'm going to be honest this morning, I've talked to people and it would get discouraging to a lot of people, but I, you don't discourage me. I'm going to keep on coming back. I'd like to invite you to church Sunday. Oh, preacher, I, I, I know I need to come, but man, I work five days a week and I got to rest on Sunday. Got to rest on Sunday? What are you going to do on Saturday? Oh, well, I got to go do the things that I love to do, fish or golf or this or that. 
I don't have time to mow my yards on Sunday. I don't have time for my recreation. I ain't got that one day for me, myself, and my family. How sincere are we if we're that away? How sincere are we when we will take our kids other places to do other things on Sunday, Trace, and not bring them to the house of God? People say, I don't have time for church. What's going to happen one of these days? And it will happen. It'll happen. How I many you agree with me? That we're going to stand before God. What are you going to say then? What are you going to say then? Well, Lord, I just didn't have time to go to church on Sunday. I had too many other things to do. I can't go to church on Sunday. Couldn't go Sunday night. Couldn't go Wednesday night. I work all day. I'm tired. I just can't go to church. The Lord's going to say, Well, then I don't have time for you. You say, God won't do that. No, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. See, it's your choice today. Life is about choice today. Salvation is serious today. How sincere are we, churches? How sincere are we about the children of God? How sincere are you about your building, about your church? Amen. How sincere are we about our brothers and sisters and our children, our grandchildren? I'm telling you, I had a shout that come up in me this morning when I seen my nephew and his beautiful wife walk in with their children this morning. I'm going to tell you how I swelled up uh, with my two granddaughters and daughter here. I mean, I got blessed uh, all over. Uh, I got blessed uh, from the back uh, to the front. Amen. When I seen Beville Jean come in. Amen. amen. A woman is just barely dragging, dying, so to speak. And then some of you young people sitting out there, oh, I'm afraid to go to church. <laughs> God help you. Yes, sir. God help you. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved. Oh, yeah. If I wasn't saved, I'd probably make people mad. Oh. <laughs> Some of you looking at me like, well, you may be saved, but you're still making people mad. <laughs> Come on, brother. <laughs> if I made you mad and hurt your feelings, all of you sitting in here, you can't see them out there on them Facebook. Pretty good crowd here this morning. They're sitting here taking it. You might ought to be glad that you're out there in a car or at home somewhere <laughs> instead of here. <clears throat> but we love you. Yes, sir. If I didn't love you, I'd tell you you didn't have to go to church. I'd tell you just do anything you want to do. I'd tell you go ahead and go to hell, you know. I'd even fly to you and say, well, there ain't no such a thing as hell. A preacher's lying to you. But I do love you, and that's the reason I'm going to tell you the truth. What do you say? Worship God with sincerity and in truth. What is truth, church? Truth is the Word of God. Anybody agree with this? Oh, yeah. 
This is the Word of God right here. It's a truth. You know what the Bible says? If you know the truth and do the truth, the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. I'm free this morning. I'm free this morning. John, if I want to kick up my heel, oh, I'll kick up my heel. I got by with that bad one. I wonder what I can do with this left. Woo! <laughs> Boy, I'm feeling good. They prayed for me last week. I'm telling you, I told kinds of men, I, my heel pit just locks up sometimes. When I'm preaching or, or whatever, I said, it just locks up. And I said, it holds sometimes. I step off there. And I said, it locks up. And I just about there go to the ground. You know what I done? I called a brother, sister, church. I said, hey, my help is locking up on me. Hey, man. I said, you guys lay hands on me and pray for me. You know something? It ain't locked up a time this week. People say, oh, I don't believe that. That's the reason you're suffering. That's the reason you're, you're still a hurting because you don't believe the Word of God. How many believe we're serving a God that's a God of healer tonight? He is a God of healer. He'll heal you physically. But most of all, He will heal you spiritually. He will give you a life that you will never know if you don't accept Him. He's what keeps me going, Connie, every morning. He's what keeps me going. I was sitting there the other day. I don't know what time it is. I don't really care. I was sitting there the other day. And I'll just tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. This is the way I feel about it. We was coming back from Indiana. Been up there, Brother Lewis, her brother, my brother-in-law. Sick man, pastor of church. Lost his wife some time back. Me and my wife got there. We usually stay with him when we go up there. He don't have any kids. Got some foster kids over here. Foster grandkids. <laughs> and... And he looked at my wife and he said, Sis, he said, You and my brother said, Y'all may just have to move up here and live with me and take care of me. And, and, and he can help me take care of the church. My wife looked at him and said, Brother, said, We've got a church to take care of. Yeah, but he said, They can, they can do without you, but I, I might not can. Broke my heart. We was up there and we left from up there. Man. And I don't know, I just got to, maybe the devil put it in my mind. Have y'all got about five more minutes that I can talk to you? But we come through Greensburg through that way. And me and my wife was talking about, you know, her age. We ain't no prying chickens. I ain't no young rooster. She ain't no young hen. She's an old hen, and I'm an old rooster. <laughs> and, but we were just talking because we we're getting some age on us. And, and, and I'd been thinking about this. I'd been thinking about it. And we was talking about some things we needed, you know, to start getting done before at our age. Everybody needs to see if things took care of, right? Oh, yeah. And was talking about it, you know, this and that, which 
I didn't mention it to her, and she didn't mention it to me. Uh, but I've been thinking about it, been thinking about the church, and and I believe the devil was really putting this in my mind. You know how the devil comes sometimes? Telling you you're too old, too crippled up, time for you to move on. The devil had been telling me that. And I'd been thinking about that. And I think that wreck happened For one reason is to wake me up, get my brain straight, <laughs> and and I'm sitting there thinking, and I almost call Connie. She usually knows what's going on. And after Connie wins our contract up here at the church, is it this July or is it a year from July? And things just like that was going through me. Maybe I was having a pity party. Anybody ever had a pity party? Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. And, but I didn't call you. And you won't be getting a call on that. <laughs> I don't know where it's just July or where it'll be next July, but I plan on being here. Not until then, if it's July or a week or a year from July, Ricky, I plan on being here if I'm able and healthy unless y'all run me off. And I don't think you run me off, but I think you love me too Amen, much, Paul. And you know you've got a preacher that's going to tell you the truth. That's right. But you know sometimes how you get the feeling pity party, you oh, know. Yeah. Especially this pandemic, you know. Though they'll say, well, you see half of them done left, they ain't coming back and all. God said, well, you just go preach to the half that is there. Go preach to the half that is there. It seems to be a coming back and coming back. And maybe after today, we'll see a lot more coming back. If I don't, I'll preach it next Sunday too. <laughs> but we love you, and Jesus loves you. The old prophet said one time, he said, Summer, He's come and gone, and winter is here. And he said, you're still not saved. Some of you here today, summer's come and gone, and you're still not saved. I have seen people that love the Lord. I've seen people got in and worked in a church hall. I've seen them work good workers in the church. I mean, they were strong in the Lord. Brought their families to church. And over the years, I've seen many of them drifting out and drifting out and drifting out. And my prayer is that they're coming back in now. And I see some of them moving back in. I believe this journey's about over. How many believe that? Oh, yeah. Amen. I believe this journey's about over. I believe any day now, we can hear the trumpet sound. We can look up, see that eastern sky split. Any day now we can see Jesus appear, <coughs> coming back after his church. That's going to be a welcoming sight for those that are saved.
going to be a terrible day, not just that day, but for eternity if you're not saved and not ready to go. What are you going to do? Joshua said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. If you seem that you want to serve the devil, then serve the devil. But if you want to serve God, then serve me. What are you going to do when you stand before God? You see, the Bible says in Thessalonians that it's going to happen. That eastern sky is going to split, John. That trumpet's going to sound. The Bible says every eye is going to see him, every tongue and knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess. All you may watch and listen this morning, you might say, I ain't kneeling to no man. You'll kneel to the King of Kings when he comes. You'll kneel to the King of Kings at that day. may be the only time you kneel to him, but you'll kneel to him that time. What are you going to do if Jesus comes? That day happened, and it's going to happen. That trumpet sound, the sky split, Jesus appears. God's going to say, go get your children. They're tired, they're weary. Go get them. Them that fought a good fight. Help the faith. Go get them. Bring them home. The Bible says the dead in Christ is going to rise first. Be caught up together to meet the Lord forever shall he be. And that day, there's not going to be no viruses in heaven. How many believe that? There's not going to be any. There's not going to be any sicknesses there. There's not going to be deaths there. There's not going to be any cripples there. There's not going to be any blind there. There's not going to be anything there except mercy and love and joy and peace. Let me ask you, parents, this morning. If that day come today, if it come today, and you've got children, <coughs> think about what would happen right now. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to wake some people up. What if it happened right now? Right now. If that day happened, and your children sitting here, and if you wasn't ready to go to heaven and your children, it's not the age of accountability. When you see them go up, when you see them go up, how are you going to feel when you can't go with them? See, you've got to be saved to go with them. That'll be a, that'll be a sad, sad time. I think of that sometime with my grandchildren, great-grandchildren. But you know something? God's made me a promise. I'm talking to my family now here. God's made me a promise. If I would be faithful to Him in all things, He said, I'll be faithful to you. They may not be saved now. That's between them and God. But my prayer is, and I'm going to hold to that promise that God said, if you be faithful to me, I'll be faithful to you. I won't just save you and bless you and your house, but I'm going to bless your family and I'm going to bless their houses. If you want to be blessed, all you got to do is receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. As they sang this song this morning, my heart pleads to you. If you're here and you're lost this morning, come. You might say, Preacher, I've tried it before. You know, I tried it three or four times, Brother Larry, before I got it right. 
but 1983, I got something that fit my lifestyle. I got a hold of something that day, or something got a hold of me that cleaned my life up, straightened my life up. And I've been serving since 1983, some kind of a ministry. I've had some battles. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some valleys to go through. But on this journey that I've been on for 83, <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for a million dollars. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for a million dollars. When I see some old sinner come up here and get saved, oh, it's something that money can't buy. Amen. It's but money can't buy. And to see some man or woman, young or old, when they come and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, stand with me this morning. Bow your head. Don't ask anybody else what you need to do. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. If you feel like you need to come and pray, just reach somebody. If you don't want to walk with yourself, just reach and get somebody by the hand and say, would you go with me? Just as I am. Go ahead, Brother Ron. Well, I thought number one would surely be me. I thought I could be what I wanted to be. I thought I could build on this life sinking sand. But I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Mountains too high and the valleys too wide down on my knees. That's where I learn to stand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I thought I had done a lot on my own. I thought I could make it. big man but I can't even walk without you holding my hand Lord I can't even walk without you holding my hand mountains too high and the valleys too wide down Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I think I'll make Jesus my all in all. For when I'm in trouble, only name I will call. For I know. I've done all I can 
can't even walk without you holding my hand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Mountains too high and the valleys too wide down on my that's where I learned to stand Lord, I can't even walk Without you holding my hand Lord, I can't even walk Without you holding my Not trying to embarrass anybody or anything like that. 